Welcome to the Aussie Nerds Podcast. I'm here with Alex from the Artist Matters Podcast. And today we are talking about his favorite movie, Clerks. Yeah. This noise, noise, noise. It's an interesting one to be called your favorite, but I'm on board. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's from that magical year of 1994. 1994, where everything was in black and white and you can make a movie with a, uh, a, a small script, a tiny camera and a dream. Yes, and that's what they did. That's what they did. I love Kevin Smith. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan uh, because of his podcast and interviews and basically everything he does. But, I have, but this is the first time I've actually bothered to watch one of his movies. What? Oh my goodness. Well, that's a good place to start. That's where it all began, really. Yeah. So I saw uh, Dante. Um, <laughs> and he's an asshole, which is great. <laughs> um, but I saw Dante and I'm like, ah, oh, Kevin Smith is looking pretty good in 1994. And then <laughs> 20 minutes later, when Silent Bob shows up, I'm like, oh. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> Hat. Yeah. Same dude with Jay. Good old Jay. Uh, okay. Dante's an asshole, right? You, we get this. We're on the same page. He's not even supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be here today. Shut up. We all have shit that we don't like, which is probably why it's relatable to so many people because if you work in the retail industry for more than five minutes you've had like dante's i can vouch for that i've done that myself i've had to build stuffed bears for people uh had to try and answer questions about potting soil which i had no freaking clue (laughs) in the 100 plus degree florida heat yeah fun stuff so yeah i can relate Oh dear. Uh, even even in Fahrenheit and Celsius, one hundred degrees does not sound pleasant. No. Not at all. <laughs> it just seeps into your body. I even worked for Disney World. And then people there they think they you know, they're paying oh, all this money and then they could just treat the people who work there like shit. Like uh, you know, you you maybe guess, but you know, they still gotta abide by some rules. Yeah. I mean, the customer's always right does not translate to the customer, the customer can do whatever they want and who cares? I care. (laughs) Yes. It's a symbiotic relationship, but Dante deals with a lot of crazy shit in that first day, in that day, one day. (laughs) That one day, that's just a, um, a, a combination of everything that could go wrong in a, in a retail environment. And it's in one location. That was the brilliant thing. I'm not sure how many people know, but Kevin Smith did work at the Quick Stop. He was actually working there full time and shooting at night. Nice. I think, I think he shot it for 21 days straight with maybe getting an hour or two of sleep. Oh, that sounds like hell. 
Yeah, talk about balls to the wall. That's commitment, man. Uh, (laughs) You can tell his dedication to all of his projects. Um, From his podcast to everything he films to literally everything he's ever done. You're like, that guy can work. That's why he's so popular. He's nice and he can work hard. It shows in the front. You know, we were, he and I are around the same age. I'm showing my age. And uh, I wish I'd seen it in, in a theater. I was living in Long Island, New York at the time. But it's just one of those movies that you, you kind of had to know it was there. And then it sounded pretty video. I saw it with my college roommate for the first time. And we just couldn't stop laughing. It's one of the most quotable things we had going on for us with months. Uh, the, what's your favorite lines? Oh man, oh man, oh man. Well, I like the noise, 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 smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers. Pack nah. a rascal, man. Time to kick back, drink some beers, and smoke some weed. <laughs> that's that's not a quote, that's a lifestyle. Oh yeah, and the even watching it again when he says 37, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row. <laughs> 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 That one always gets me. <laughs> Just, they're all lined up like dominoes. <laughs> Line up like three little guys and, and make like a circus zoo. Oh, you fucking faggot. I hate guys. I love women. Jay just had, <laughs> he has some of the best ones. And Randall too. I mean, oh my goodness. That, they had to have someone like that. They had to have Dante who's on the straight and narrow. And they had to have Randall who's the complete opposite. Doesn't give a crap. He's just there to earn his wage and... <laughs> Make Dante's life a little interesting. <laughs> I went, um, if you listen to Kevin Smith in interviews, uh, you listen to his podcast, you do, you listen to anything he's ever done. He, he's like, talks a lot. So to have his main character be someone called Silent Bob, that is acting. <laughs> it's brilliant. Good idea. Yeah, his commentary tracks can be old. He could be still talking about one thing five minutes after that's passed if you've ever listened to the audio commentary on the DVD. The first time I um, I knew that Kevin Smith was someone I needed to follow was um, when he was doing an interview after his heart attack. And he talked about his heart attack without being asked on an interview for the entire time. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was great. It's like, it, I, I forget who it was. I think it was Colbert. But he had the, he had his cards and he's like, I was going to ask you about that. And he's like, great, here's the entire story. And he did that for like 10 minutes. And wow. then uh, he's like, and then the, and then the host, probably Colbert said, yeah, um, so your movie coming out this week, I wish I could have asked your question. That's okay. He's funny. Yeah, no, if we, if we ever interviewed him, boy, I'd have to be able to remember to rein him back in because he'd probably have a three-hour interview just talking oh. about something <laughs> easily. Not that it would be a bad thing talking three hours with Kevin Smith. When the, um, the way I feel uh, after doing this is that the questions are just prompting the person to talk. So if they're talking anyway, you can just lean back, have a coffee. It's all great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
that you got at the quick uh, that you got at the quick stop, of course. <laughs> oh, of course, the quick stop. That's a great name for a shop. It's like it's quick. You've stopped here. You've stopped here. Now be quick about it. It's it's hard to believe you think about those video stores. Now it's now there's nothing like that. But those were fun. I miss video stores. And then I realized the extortion amount of pricing that they have. And I'm like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, it's this, this changed. I have, a, no, um, I, I, I have a secondhand DVD store where I am. And DVDs are like a dollar each, which makes this podcast easy. Of course, definitely. Wow, great deal. Yeah. But back then, VHS was the thing. I remember VHS. <laughs> It's funny to see all, all the VHSs that are in the video store. I think I spotted Under Siege, the first one. I've Instant never seen Blood. Under Siege. Yeah, 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 I've seen it once. Okay, not worth it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it was there. I thought it was starting off with Promise, but I mean, that's just me. I love action movies, but sometimes they're like, I don't know, Steven Seagal is... Not to go bash him, but he's really not my kind of... I've never been into Steven Seagal. All those videos hanging out there. I've never been yeah. into Steven Seagal. I watched uh, one Van Damme movie. I watched Time Cop. That's a good one to, to watch. And I loved yes. Time Cop from like the ages of 12 to 14 and a half. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. It was mind blowing. Actually, one I really like Steven Seagal is not one, his one he, when he dies. Oh. Have you ever have you ever seen Executive Decision with him and Kurt Russell? No, I've been meaning to watch that. That's a good one. It's like an edge of your seat thriller on the plane. And Spoiler alert! Steven Seagal doesn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. He's not in the movie. What are they going to do? But anyway, to digress, back to the clerks. <laughs> back to the clerks. Well, they would never talk about themselves anyway. No, no. He's just poor, poor Dante trying to figure out what to do with his life. But he always felt trapped. Just, just watching it again, I like the, to see how he just thought everything was hopeless, that he could never change his station in life, that he was trapped in this senseless funk, as his girlfriend Veronica puts. It makes you, I mean, back then I was in college and I was majoring in communication arts, which is a big umbrella for TV and radio and film and journalism. And that was an inspiring movie to see at the time. Like, wow, this guy did it. He's my age. And he made his movie for, I think it was 27,000. Uh, he said in an interview that if he had come along like five years later, he wouldn't have been able to succeed the way he has because mm. everyone was doing it after that. And he just, mm. one of the people that, um, that made their movie, put it on YouTube or something, and then um, had a successful career probably on YouTube, but not the way he has now. And it's, a, it's a more open market. There's so many more venues. But back then he was actually using film, 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 film. In black and white, I think he was inspired by the likes of Spike Lee and Richard Linklater, because I think, I know Spike Lee's first big success was um, She's Gotta Have It, shot in black and white. 
I think Richard Linkletter's first movie was in black and white, but I'm not sure. So black and white that is, um, is a good thing to use to save money. Of course. Uh, and I don't discourage people from saving money or doing literally anything as long as it works. Well, back then, it was film. You have to process the stuff. True. I took, film, I took film school, and we, finding the cartridge was almost impossible. I think you had to go into Manhattan, New York, to get it. And I was on Long Island, which is suburbia. It's 50 miles away. So you had to, have to find it, shoot something on it. You don't know what, how it's going to come out. Then you have to send it back. Now, all you need is one camera, and you could see, oh, let me see. Did that take work? No, let me try again. Everything's digitally. Everything's awesome. digital. People are nostalgic for film, but it's just not great in yeah, terms you know, of working with it. It might look better. I don't know. Yeah, there's been advances, but I can understand. There's a there's certain nostalgic feel, like you said. But I don't know. Like you said, the clerks were shot later. I don't know if it would have worked. It might have just been the right time. Um, lucky and talent. You need to be talented enough to uh, take the opportunities that you seek. So there's well, no also have to be. Well, yeah, you also have to be ready. Sometimes yeah. opportunity opportunity can knock on your door, and you're not ready. It's like you just missed it. And you got to be ready. And, yes, and even like that, you're making your own movie. So it's like, well, I got this thing. I, I'm, should I? Shouldn't I? And he went for it. And it, it, I mean, the script is just incredible. It just seems so simple, but each person has their own voice, and it's just filled with so much wordplay that you've never heard anywhere else, and especially in a low-budget movie like that. Kevin Smith is a talker, so the fact that mm. the best part of his scripts are dialogue-based is not surprising. But at the yeah. same time, it's really strange dialogue, and I like it. Yeah, the little uh, little chapter breaks with the uh, perspicacity, malaise, juxtaposition in between. Watching it last night with the... Uh, Trivia track, it's paralleling, this is kind of deep, but it parallels Dante's Inferno, the, the, the several stages of hell or something like that. Like that's where Kevin drew that from? Hence, hence him calling Dante, Dante. The, uh, the path between clerks and Dante's Inferno is about as strange as the path between mm -hmm. Paddington 2 and Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But you know, Dante's hell is that store. He could have called, he could have said no, but then we would have no story. He could have said, I don't want to come in today. The hell with that. But he was, he was buckled and he went in. He went in. Um, there was an ending that was deleted. Do you know about this? Oh, you know. oh of course. <laughs> so the ending, the way it ends is that um, they just leave the store. Uh, it's the yeah, end. Of the yeah, Randall says you're closed. He throws Dante a jacket and music swells and credits roll. But, but in the, <laughs> um, the Kevin Smith is like, 
we need something to happen at the end. It's the it's the finale of the movie. We need something to happen. It can't just be a day in the life of these clerks. So uh, Dante got shot by an armed robber. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> uh, so he went, so he just used the one where they go home. And I like that because you don't need anything to happen uh, in the finale. You can just have it be uh, the end of the day. Well, yeah, it was like the chat that final chapter is called the Denouement, where everything kind of comes down because it's it swelled to the point with Caitlin <laughs> realizing she had sex with a dead guy, and, and then <laughs> and then Veronica fighting with Dante and telling you know having Randall be the one to kind of start it, and then him and him and Randall fighting at the end. That was really that was it, it and it was good because. When you make a movie, it kind of takes. Sometimes can take a life of its own, in the editing process. I, you never get it a hundred percent right the first time. <laughs> no, that's why editing exists. Well, I shot my not to digress, but I shot my short film last year called The Park. What's and that about? basic premise is a young woman goes to a park and meets the father she never knew she had. Uh huh. And she gets into a little argument with him because her mother hasn't really painted a good picture of him. And, and they, she gets upset and tries to leave the park, but she can't get out of it. I don't want to spoil the twist. Oh, don't. It's fine. But it's, it's a good twist. Sounds like fun. Well, I originally shot, um, I shot it, I was trying to shoot it in one day. I tried to spread it out to two days, but our, my cameraman couldn't shoot it all in two days. Like, okay, thanks for telling me. So we shot it in one day and then we looked at the footage and just the twist just wasn't giving you that punch. It was just like, mm, something like this. So then I, we just started talking about it because my cameraman was also my editor and we just came up with like the idea, you know, we got to do something else to really give you that impact. I mean, I know if, if, you, if, if you see it, you, you kind of, if I can't give that away, but I had to do a reshoot and I'm glad I did because it came out so much better with this new idea. Good. And it wrapped things, wrapped things up pretty good. You should, um, you should always make sure that you can, uh, you can be like, well, that idea didn't work, even though it was my idea, especially if it's your idea. Um, that idea didn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah, I, I originally wrote the script with a lot more dialogue, and my cameraman slash editor was really saying, you should kind of wrap things up once the, the twist happens. Like, really? And then the audience doesn't want to, wouldn't you want to know why this happened? You know, maybe not. Because, like, yeah, I was so married to my dialogue. I loved my dialogue. I don't want to chop any of it down. But in the end, we did, and it worked so much better. In Terminator 2, there was uh, a scene, it cost like, it was super hard to film. It was uh, a scene with Sarah Connor and the Terminator, and um, they're having a dialogue scene, and they're removing a chip or something. Oh, yeah. Um, and it took like a day to film, 
It was extremely complicated, involved, um, oh, who plays Sarah Connor? Laura, Linda Hamilton. Oh yeah, it involved Linda Hamilton and her twin. Yeah. Um, and they cut it out because it's long and, and is not necessary. Because instead of having that like seven minute scene, there's just a line that says, I can adapt, etc." Mm. which is much better. Uh, in Back to the Future, in Back to the Future, um, there's a great gag where um, Marty's dressed in the radiation suit and he's uh, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then it cuts to George saying that Darth Vader told him to ask Lorraine out, but there was like a five or seven minute scene that oh, really? was cut. They filmed him convincing George to take Lorraine to the dance, but you don't need it. You just need that snap cut. Oh. Yeah, wow, I didn't see that one. But I did see the Terminator 2 one. I, you know what? I, I tend to watch, when I rewatch Terminator 2, I usually watch the extended edition. The extended oh, I, it, fine, but the stuff that they extended it with just slowed the movie down. Yeah, I get that. There, maybe one scene I, I, I kind of skipped over when Miles and his family is talking when you see his little boy and girl. Because you don't see the little girl later on when Sarah tries to assassinate Miles. But she's in the uh, extended director's cut for no reason. But <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. Back to the... Did you ever... Now, on the Clerks X DVD, they have the original cut of Clerks, which was, I think, a little over two hours. Two hours? <laughs> Yeah, it has. It has. I know. It's a yeah. tight, like ninety minutes. Yeah, the original cut was like just a little over two hours. It had, I think, Dan, Randall was setting up a camera inside the store, and of course, some of the scenes were extended, like the cancer merchant stuff, and even Jay talking at the end. There was so many more of the references, and it did include Dante getting murdered. And uh, I think I watched it once just to see, and it was just like, okay. That was, too much when you know how it is. yeah the um the whole th this is a, a fun movie and i i really like the dialogue especially um but it's just the the pacing is if it was extended it would drag and i can't and i think that it'd be a nightmare to watch yeah it was it was too much and he cut what he needed wisely i mean it's a group effort though yeah, I think he. I think he edited it with his producer Scott Mosier, who is Willem. You know the uh, one of the thirty-seven guys <laughs> that Veronica. What you want, Grizzly Adams? That guy. Um, beautiful man. I can't believe that Kevin Smith went from this to uh, knowing and being. Um, very close to Stan Lee. Mm. I know he had him in his second movie, Mallrats. Lucky bastard. <laughs> I want, if he was on his podcast, I don't think he would, he was, but mm. they were very, they were very close. So that, that's just, that's one of the biggest secret to Kevin Smith's career is that people like him. Um, oh, that's, the next, that's that it factor. 
Yeah, but people like him. He's just very nice and likable. Like, he directs episodes of Supergirl. Yes. And every time he comes there, he's like, all right, you guys ready? It's going to be great. And uh, and he knows that he's just there to yell uh, action and cut because the script and the producers have already made this happen. Yes. They've already made this happen. So the... Um, but he's there to get the morale up and he bring I th- think he brings donuts. <laughs> he's just a very likable person. Hey, if you're in the business, you don't you don't have to be a dick. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. I you know, I've made my movement. I, I, I can understand where patience starts to wear thin. It's like I understand how this should be. Why don't why don't you people understand what I'm looking for? What is the problem? I mean, I mean even nowadays the best thing about having a smartphone or something, I could sh- I could shoot the video of how I want the shot to look and show it to my camera guy. Okay, that's the way I want it. Go. Still, it was a little give and take, but I mean, it did a good job. I forgot who the DP was on Clerk, but uh, which is director of photography, in case you don't know people. Uh, um, I, it looks great. I don't know if it was because it was black and white or because his director photography was uh, really, really great. But Clerks, for being made for like a shoestring budget and a dream, looks pretty good. Well, you know, I think Kevin is a lot like me where he saw, grew up on movies. And even though you may not have been studying them, you are at the same time. You see a movie again and you're getting ready to make one. You know how to frame a shot, you know close-ups, what they mean, how the intensity of the scene, do you want the camera moving a lot, do you want it stationary? And it's something you just kind of play around with. And hopefully, ideally, you have a lot of your stuff already planned before you shoot a single frame because it does take time and you don't want to waste time on a movie set, that's for sure. No, Uh, especially when uh, more time is more money, so you have to make sure that everything is tight. And um, because you've studied film, um, you, you study film and uh, media and all that stuff. Are there any things that you've noticed that um, people that are just casual wouldn't, especially since it's your favorite movie? So you've probably watched it like a hundred times or whatever. <laughs> Um, well, if you're looking at, you, you can tell someone is, uh, there's so many different styles of directing and that's what makes them such unique directors. I mean, you know, you definitely know a Quentin Tarantino movie when you see it, um, Spielberg movie when you see it, uh, Christopher Nolan. Now, um, the styles are, I, I kind of look at, is the framework in, is this, is this really moving the scene forward? Oh, why do they have, like one of the most amazing scenes to me in Clerks is when you first, when, when Caitlin comes into the picture and then they go into the video store, it's just Caitlin and Dante talking. And I timed it, they talk without a single cut for um, I think it was six minutes, which is a long time for one single shot in a movie. And I think, Sometimes they had, I think they had to redo the scene a few times, but it's just him and Veronica back and forth. Cause I mean, if you flub a line, it's like, oh shit. 
we have to go to the beginning of that again? Because he could have chose to cut, but he, I guess he wanted them to do that. I mean, I give the actors credit. They memorize their lines, they get their timing down, they're doing it back and forth. And uh, that's rare, that's rare. You don't see that in movies. It's always trying to get a cut in here. And even like Oliver Stone had a, so many cuts in the movie Natural Born Killers. He did that on purpose though. That was his choice to make it almost seem music video-like. But this time, it, was it? You know how many cuts it's been? How many cuts it is? Ah, uh, no. Yeah, it was a lot. But uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> Trying to get the uh, that 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 look. Uh, even Hitchcock and, and Spielberg, they, they they kind of you kind of come across accents. Obviously, like in Jaws, he couldn't show the shark because of malfunctions. So he tried other methods. He learned watching Hitchcock movies using the camera as the shark from the point of view, which was which worked out brilliant in the end. If that shark worked and he could show <laughs> the shark whenever he wanted, that movie would just it would not be as good. Yeah, and that's that's a testament to that director knowing, okay, thinking on your feet, being able to adapt. I give him credit for that because I don't know if I would have been able to pull it off, but he did. Kevin uh, Smith, Spielberg, same director. What do you all joking aside, the um, with you, you have to know what you can do, and um, Kevin Smith is like, I got like fifty bucks. All my friends are here. I can make a movie in a store, and I can write a script. because uh, scripts are cheap. So all I got to do is make the characters interesting. And I say all I have to do, all Kevin Smith had to do, but with, without worrying about a budget and just focusing on uh, the characters, he made the, mo the movie uh, very relatable and the characters not likable, but at least interesting. <laughs> I still hate Dante, but I think you're meant to hate Dante. But he is the main character. You, you can kind of empathize with him at some points if you have worked in retail and know how annoying the, the job can be, the customers, all that stuff. Um, it's fun, it'd be fun to have a coworker like Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe frustrating at times, you know, he wants to, you know, has to, go rent videos at another store, borrow your car, and just curse at the other customers. Ball, he's a very ballsy guy. Uh, that guy's gonna get fired. Well, if you get, if you, I guess you haven't seen Clerks 2. There's a sequel, of course there's a sequel. Yes, Clerks 2 is, it's pretty funny too. I, I didn't know how I'd feel about it, but that's a discussion for another time. It's definitely worth checking out though. It, it kind of expands Dante and Randall's story to an, a different level. Very enjoyable, a worthy sequel, I have to say. But uh, back to the clerks themselves. 
was it was really called i think he was going to call it bat what was he going to call it bags and good oh bads and goods and then inconvenienced was another title until i think it was mirror yeah miramax came up with clerks it's a great title uh clerks is the best title inconvenience is fun in context yeah but uh you you have to have it be um instantly uh linked to the movie and inconvenience is just very generic yeah clerks is generic but it's you instantly know what it is uh so convenience that would be fun it's a fun title hmm. it's a convenience store and you know that that's why they have the gum on the locks so they could <laughs> shoot at night they couldn't open up the shutters so they're like okay this is our way of shooting at night because you can't really tell it's funny though when i look at it and you you know you subconsciously say it, it's day it's daytime when this part of the story is happening and it feels like natural light coming in i mean but it was all shot at night obviously not stuff like them playing hockey on the roof or going to the funeral home playing hockey on the roof that's that's pretty great yeah it was a good idea we should how do many that. balls did you bring how many balls did you bring i bought the orange one and the orange one <laughs> and i love when they, they yell down there you have any balls down there about the biggest pair you've ever seen dingleberry <laughs> Uh, great stuff. The the fact that he this that he did end up closing the shop to play hockey on the roof because no one was there, no one cares. Um, and then like immediately it fails. Yeah, and it's, the same thing with the fu- the funeral home. They go to the funeral home to pay the respects, and that goes to shit within five minutes of being in the funeral home. Dante's right. He is inconvenienced. <laughs> but that's the life he leads, I guess. It made it more fun, way more entertaining. They, they, I, I saw the thing that they were, they went to the funeral home and they were going to think of maybe shooting inside, but they're like, well, that's going to be, we have to get right, you know, permission to shoot inside. And it works better where you just see the five minutes later and then you know something bad happened. <laughs> and, they're, and they're running out and driving away. Some things that are done to save money just work better. Like figure, like not having them inside means that you can just imagine the worst from from what they said. Well, the next run the DVD is they made an animated sequence showing what happened. <laughs> oh, that's pretty, fun. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild, and they have the voices of Brian O'Halloran and. Uh, I think Jeff, Jeff Anderson playing Dante and Randall, respectively, and Joey Lauren Adams playing, uh, was it Alyssa? Alyssa Jones? I think so, yes, from Chasing Amy. But it was, it was uh, you can understand why they ran for their lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. How, watch it. how much of a mess do you have to have made to be chased out of a funeral. Do you want to know? Yes, actually. Tell me everything. So, so, well, Dante, that was one of Dante's uh, conquests, the girl who died. Oh, no. And uh, 
So they had, and her, she, I don't know if it was a request, but her body was in a tube top. Oh, so they're, that's not a big thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, they don't show her face. They just show the body in the coffin in the animated thing. And then he, uh, it's like, and uh, her parents caught Ran, uh, Dante going down on her when she was alive. So he never wants to see the parents till Randall's trying to distract him. But Dante's like, oh man, you know what? Just go to the car. So he, he throws the keys to Randall, but Randall, kind of blocks them and they fall back into the coffin inside the skirt of the dead girl. So they're trying to get the keys out from in her dress and her father sees them doing it and they have a big thing and Randall backs up and knocks the casket over and out she falls. Yeah, it's probably good that they cut that. Yeah. I, oh boy. It's fun to see it animated. I suppose and i'd um i like it if they just had that animated sequence in there like they're like wait so they run they're in the car and like wait what happened mm. yeah we just see that animated sequence but like that just sounds terrible <laughs> yeah that was pretty bizarre I, i'm glad that they cut it for whatever reason if it was made into a comic book first, actually, and then they just decided to make an animated sequence in color. It's like, why did they make it in color? They should have kept it black and white like the rest of the movie. But, oh yeah, they oh. should have. But I tried. I tried watching the Clerks animated series, but you know, it just didn't have the same magic to me. There was a Back to the Future animated series. Oh yes, there was. Wow. I never uh, think I might have seen one episode, but in the I saw all of it because I'm a masochist. All of the <laughs> all the episodes of Back to the Future the animated series are exactly the same. Oh. It is the same episode. They go back or forward in time uh in order to chase Jules and Burn around. And uh and then Biff's ancestors or descendants uh, find them hijinks and sue. Oh, so Biff has to be in there. Of yeah. course. The, the best episode was when uh, Doc is out of character, out of character and wants to um, make everyone give up their technology for a day, right? Which is just so weird because he's a fucking scientist. So he, so what he does is that he takes them all to the Wild West, puts all of their phones in the DeLorean and the DeLorean takes off uh, and it's going to come back later. It's automatic. And then uh, at the end of the episode, uh, before they go, uh, Cl uh, Clara, it's, it's Clara, right? I think it's Clara. Yeah, uh, Doc Brown's wife, right? Yeah, Clara says, okay, before we go, you need to apologize because this was a disaster. Give us our phones back. I hate everything. Not th this entire trip was your idea and it didn't work out at all. And he's like, I know, I'm sorry. You can have your stupid phones back. So the twist of the episode is that phones are good, I guess. It's a different time. Uh, it's so good. 
Uh, on a funny note, I uh, I have a connection to Clerks. I was an extra. You were an extra. I was an extra in some movies. Uh, one of them, most notably, was the movie In and Out, which had Kevin Klein, Joan Cusack, Matt Dillon, and the scene I was part of. You don't see me, but I was part of it. Was uh, they were giving an Academy Award to Matt Dillon's character, and I was just sitting in the audience. So in between takes, and it was nice to see Matt Dillon and Glenn Close was the presenter. It's like, wow, there's, there's Glenn Close. And um, between takes, it was just, I met, I bumped into an actress I knew. So I, there's someone I could hang with. And then I'm looking at one, one woman in particular. She has this red dress on. I'm looking at her like, she looks so familiar. And I'm, I'm like, wait, that's the girl who played Veronica. So I walked up to her. Like, you were in Clerks, yeah? Like I saw you looking at me. Like I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But you were in Clerks, right? Yeah. My name is Marilyn Higliotti. And it's just weird, you know. I've seen her in black and white, and now to see her in full person in color, I'm like it's hard to like. Oh, that's really the same person. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing being an extra in this? And like, well, most of the guys from Clerks, you know, it helped them out. But most of the women in Clerks, it really didn't launch their careers. Oh, that sucks. I, I won't list something like being an extra in uh, in a movie on my resume, but you know, work is work. Like, yeah, but she was really pleasant. She was sweet. We talked for a while. She talked a little bit about making a movie. And yeah, we shot at night, but it was lots of fun. All that dialogue, she was like, wow, I can't believe the stuff you came up with. <laughs> that, that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty well. Like, damn, Someone from Clark, that's so cool. There's a uh, there's a podcast I um, sometimes listen to called I Was There Too, where he interviews extras, uh, hmm. people with small roles from movies. Wow, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good one. Man, maybe I should, should go on that one. There's one movie we actually could see me. Yeah? It's called For Love of the Game. For the love of the game, right? With Kevin Costner, it's about baseball. Mm-hmm. And he's a pitcher, I think pitching one of his last games and he throws the perfect game. They shot it at Yankee Stadium in November. It was cold uh, because as well, Yankee Stadium was closed because that's when baseball ends. So we were filming there and there's a scene where at the beginning of the game, a guy is yelling at Kevin Costner's character like, oh, I saw you play back then, you suck and all that. And just above his left shoulder was this guy. Oh, well done. It was, it was one of the most surreal moments in my life. I'm sitting in the theater, I'm like, oh my God, there I am. Holy crap, it's me. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. You got to be yeah. behind the guy that was yelling at Kevin Costner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. What are the odds? Ah, that's, that's really neat. I really like that. Yeah, I, like a 98. Yeah. Good times. I was five. Oh my goodness. I was <laughs> 28 maybe at the time. Because <laughs> For Love of the Game came out 20 years ago this year, 1999. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> it's, a big, uh, it's a big year. 99 was one of my favorite movie years also. Oh yeah, you had... Um... The Matrix come out. Uh, not just The Matrix, though. There was, like, tons of movies. Did, um, 
Sixth Sense. Uh, uh, Sixth Sense. I forget all all of them now, but I looked I looked at uh, 1999 for um, to see what I'd missed, and there's tons of movies there. Yeah, I mean, there's some surprise. My my favorite from that year was American Beauty, which won the Oscar. Well, and Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest was a fun movie. I, I love Galaxy a, Quest. <laughs> it was such a surprise. I didn't know it would be that good, and it was so funny and outrageous. Great effects. I mean, there was something for everyone that year. It's, of course, you had the Phantom Menace. They had the Mummy, and you had even for Julie Roberts fans, the Runaway Bride. And it was just chock full of, of variety. You, no one has been able co- to convince me that Galaxy Quest, instead of being a parody, is just a Star Trek episode. Wow. I love yes, Galaxy yes. Quest. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a parody on Star Trek. Well, yeah. Way, but it it's, had its own unique flavor. It was a great Star Trek parody. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if anyone wants to talk about Galaxy Quest... Yes. Come on here. I would love to talk about that. Definitely. But we're talking about clerks. We are. Oh, yeah, we are. We get on tangents. It's fine. Um, That's all right. Well, they love the movies. (laughs) Who's your favorite character in Clerks? Mm, That's a good one. Oh, boy. I I would I would say Randall because he just <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about anything. He's he, he's confident in himself, and you know he 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 sets it straight to Dante in the end. Like really lays into him because at a moment you think okay Dante's right about Randall, but at the same time when Randall lays into him, he's so right about Dante not wanting to change his life, not not being able to quit and get another job. There's plenty of jobs out there. And trying to be with one girl and trying to be with another girl at the same time. And it was kind of like, kind of like almost in a way, Dante's unsung sensei, if he ever, if he would follow his advice. But in the end, not really. They're kind of both in the same station in life. What's your favorite character? Uh, I was shocked when I saw Silent Bob. (laughs) <laughs> when I saw Silent Bob, I'm like, holy shit, this is part of, <laughs> I guess, sure. Um, and I like that Kevin Smith, despite being the writer, director, producer, uh, get, when he did his cameo, he didn't give him, he literally gave all of his lines to Jay. <laughs> so I like those two as a, as a double act. And I, um, and I like um, that they're now that they have their own movie with um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, that was a good one. A good ending to that chapter. They're doing a new one. Kevin Smith yeah, is doing a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Whatever that means. <laughs> is it going to be them? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's Kevin Smith and the guy who plays Jay. Jason uh, Muse. Jason Muse. Oh. <laughs> Curious to see what they do with them now. Yeah. There well, is- Kevin Smith is, um, looks exactly the same, except now he's skinnier. <laughs> um, 
and it's I he hasn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that he can still do it. Yeah. See, when he pulls pulls out of the rabbit hat there. I'm very curious to see where it goes from there. It'll be like uh, the first one, except with a bigger budget. Of course. Definitely. Well, maybe they might well, wasn't scale it down. But. Have you listened to his podcasts? No, not yet. Is it the Smodcast? Is that the one? Uh, you got the, he's got three. He's got the Smodcast, oh. A Hollywood Babylon, and Fat Man Beyond. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. It used to be Fat Man on Batman. But everyone, uh, but when he lost all the weight, it's like, it's not fat man on Batman anymore. It's false advertising. Mm. So he is mm. fat man beyond because he is beyond being a fat man and it's a Batman reference. I love it. It's good. Cute. Very good. Very good. Hmm. You have to check that out. I do listen to podcasts. Actually, the one that really helped me with my, uh, to get my stuff together for my movie, I'd listen. I just was looking for stuff on indie film. I was just looking for podcasts and I found Indie Film Hustle. That helped kind of get my head on straight and just get the guy, the guy who runs it is about my age and wasted many years not trying to pursue anything creatively. And I get it. But now he's his podcast. And I started mine this year. Um, Anything's possible. Kevin Smith that said that if he didn't do Clerks, uh, that he'd still be doing creative stuff. And he'd probably just be doing podcasts, which is fine. And he's great at it. So I, either way, the universe would have corrected itself <laughs> and we would have Kevin Smith in our lives. One way or another. Plus he wrote some comic books also. Oh yeah. Not just clerks really. He did write some Daredevil. I know that. And obviously directed some episodes of Supergirl. Um... He did other stuff. He did Supergirl. And he directed like, some commercials. He directed some commercials. <laughs> yeah, I said that in the trivia track. That's fun. If you're going to get anyone to direct commercials, you're going to get the guy that did Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised it wasn't for something like tampons. <laughs> There'd be probably too many dick jokes that they'd have to like, God, 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 nah, this is not working. <laughs> this is not what we expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to get into that. I would love to have like a blockbuster ad with uh with Dante. It's like, hey, come to our store, rent shit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't care. I wasn't even meant to be in this commercial. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest things and I think it was Scream Three. Mm-hmm. Did you see Scream Three and Jay no. and Silent Bob? <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob make an appearance and scream. Oh, so. like, what? It was so awesome, though. They Is had it really this, Kevin like, Smith? Yeah, it was Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. They both showed up. They were, like, walking between sets and, like, what? That's fun. doing it? Yeah, it was a great surprise. Like, it kind of broke the tension of the movie. Like, oh, that's a nice surprise. I don't it's like welcome. all those, um, all the parody parodies that came out. Uh, like Scream. Scream is weird because Scream was not. Am I thinking? No, I'm not. I'm not thinking. Scream, I'm thinking of Scary Movie. Scream yeah. is good. Scary Movie isn't. Uh, yeah. no, they were in. Act, they were actually in Scream Three. Yep, yeah, the the real one. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good. Scary Movie is really stupid because it's a parody of Scream, which is like telling someone else's joke, but worse. Those movies, yeah. Those movies could be hit or miss. I, I do enjoy Airplane and the Naked Gun movies too. But okay. Yeah, it can run, it can run, it can run thin after a while. Fun fact about Airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not their script. They took the script from a 1950s B-movie drama that was trying to take itself super seriously and change the tone. Wow, I didn't know that one. Yeah, they just used the, they used a horror movie script and it was so shit that they're like, <laughs> we can use this to make a comedy. Wow, turning. Even, even all the jokes like, don't call me Shirley. That was it. <laughs> I was in this epic Oscar-winning drama. We're totally going to win. Oh, really? Yeah. And it didn't win an Oscar because it sucked. Wow. But it was so good. That's incredible. Taking crap and turning it into gold. Yeah. That's incredible. Watching those back-to-back was an experience. (laughs) I could put a patch in. Wow. Didn't know that existed. It probably was at the RTS, what is it, RST video store? Maybe. (laughs) I can imagine. Um, they worked in a video store. Did we see the videos on display? Like I, I think I said, I saw Under Siege was on there. It was mostly movies from 1992. There was a lot of those on the on the racks. Like I think I, think I saw Innocent Blood. Uh, maybe Lawnmower Man was on the rack. A Stranger Among Us. I can't believe I remember some of them, but that's I think as far as my memory goes because you know you see it so many times you're like okay what else can i look at in the movie like oh wow that's there there's some little continuity issues like sometimes the sign on the uh, cash register that says if you plan to shoplift from us let us know it was missing um (laughs) the girl who's in the video store with the baby asking about you know if you have happy scrappy hero pup from the back she's wearing a jacket but when you see her front her jacket's completely gone it's like, wow, these little things. And of course, there's a time difference when at the end, you know, what, where were you at four o'clock when the guy came in and you let him go to the bathroom? But at four o'clock, they were at the funeral parlor and they were saying, well, at four o'clock, you gave the cigarette to the little girl. No, that was earlier. <laughs> and it's like, you don't even realize like, oh yeah, they did mess up the time. But you don't, when you first see it, you're not even thinking about continuity in that. They've already got you sucked in because of the crazy dialogue and wild characterizations that you come across. One of my favorites is just Olaf. Jay's, uh, oh no, it's just Silent Bob's Russian cus, cus, uh, cousin, right? <laughs> yeah. Who sings Berserker. That's cool. Don't That's one tell, of my favorites. <laughs> don't tell a cop that you gave a cigarette to a little girl. As a general mm. rule, you need context. Yeah. And Randall just wasn't even looking. You see him taking the cigarettes, giving them to the little girl, and he's reading a magazine while he's doing all that. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> he does not this. <laughs> but Dante's the one who gets slapped with a fine because... <laughs> because of course he does. Because everything Cause bad happens a... to him. Yeah. It's... Dante's uh, the kind of person that the reason bad stuff happens to you is because you expect it to happen to you. So you notice all the bad stuff and not any of the good stuff. 
yeah you know he's whatever you put out there will come back to you <laughs> yeah and and they made sure it happened to dante the um dante's bad luck i think culminates in the hockey scene mm. because he finally <coughs> finally steps out of his shell and uh closes up the shop and goes to the hockey scene uh, hockey uh game on top of the roof and then they lose the ball yeah only 12 minutes of a game <laughs> because some jerk some jerk from wanting to get in the store to get a cigarettes is challenges dante gets the hockey puck and shoots it off the roof and into a drain what a douche what a dick i mm-hmm. i really like this movie i like the dialogue and the characters and I like Kevin Smith a lot. So I respect the hustle of making a movie for like 50 bucks. And no, a little more than that, but yeah, I rounded down. Um, yeah. So I respect that hustle. Like I, I want to make this movie and then, and then someone's like, sure, I'll give you a couple of grand. Then you can see I'm going up. Uh, and make it with you. Well, he made, he maxed out a lot of credit cards and sold comic books to make it. See, so it's it's that kind of dedication. It's like I'm putting everything on the line, and it shows on the screen. You know, you, you really should see the passion. You could tell movies when the directors and actors are just dialing it in. He, you could tell some of them. You could tell some of the actors were a little inexperienced at times, but. Still, they pulled it off. They were effective. They, it's hard to imagine other people really playing those characters. As a general rule, I don't like movies that are glossy. Like, all the Marvel movies are fun, but they're all, like, produced up the, up the wazoo. And, mm. and I don't like that as much as I like, I'm just going to make this movie with, like, 50 bucks and a dream. Yeah, when I when I shot my movie, uh, not to digress, but um, you know, there we had the camera. There really wasn't much else you really needed to do. Maybe we we shot everything outside, pretty much one location, and uh, I didn't really need everything in the camera was there. I didn't really need to have extra lighting. Uh, it was just me, uh, my cameraman, a sound guy, and my two actors. That was it. I didn't need much for that production. I I, I want to see your film. Um, when we link everything Mm -hmm. down below, uh, I'm going to link your podcast. Um, but I also want to link your short film if it's online. Well, it's, it's in Vimeo. It's password protected at the moment. Um, is it on sale? Not yet. I'm trying to figure out. I, I, I did make it to a film festival last December. It was the Tampa Bay underground film festival here in Florida. So it was pretty nice to see it with my dad and some other friends on a big screen. I think mine was the fifth film shown in the block because it was a bunch of short films that kind of dealt with the same theme. And just to hear the audience take a little gasp when the twist was like, oh, mm, nice. I want to show you something. How She's going to show me. Is it a salsa shark? <laughs> salsa shark. Hey, uh, the mirror. This is called The Mirror. Um, it was written and directed by Jafar Panayi. 
nailed it. And <laughs> the, the reason um, I wanted to see it, I still haven't seen it, but the reason I want to see it and the reason I bought it was because that guy is like, okay, I have this idea for a movie. Little girl with a broken arm uh, travels home uh, from uh, school and we just focus on her and we see her dialogue and we see her growing as a character because of that. Then, 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 15 minutes into the movie, the actress who plays the little girl turns to the camera and says, I don't want to do this anymore, takes off the cast of her arm, uh, on her arm, and then just runs out of the bus. And then the director is like, fuck, now what? And so he just follows this girl who still might as she goes home. And so it becomes a documentary about this little girl who left the film and then goes home Ooh. and follows the same theme. And wow, hear her talking to people and, and her mother. And it's, it's so interesting that he's just like, what should I do? I know, I'll make a different movie. I'll scrap everything that I've done and I'll make a different movie because of course. And it works. I, I'd say so. I haven't seen it, oh. but I've heard nothing oh. but good things from the five people that have seen it. The five well, that's a crazy premise. Yeah. That's a crazy one. Hmm. Um, I'm sure trying to pitch the idea of clerks to people, like you want us to set a movie in a convenience store? What kind of? What kind of stuff are you going to shoot there? Because granted, you could have, you could just have maybe like a documentary style movie of just the crazy customers coming in and all that. But there was that through line of Dante with these two girls and their relation, their relationships and all that, and his friendship with Randall. That's what kept you sit uh, interested because you know you can have just if you don't have that through line with some movies, it, it, creating the through line. Is a, is a talent in itself. If you can have a real thing that makes you want to stick with people. Because some premises, even like, I don't know if you've ever seen Tootsie. I have. You know, about, yeah, about a guy just trying to dress up as a woman to get work and acting. And that alone is fun. But then when you add that element of the love story, it makes it something more, which works. I mean, it could be like, eh. But in I that case... Stranger. The fact that um, a guy... Uh, a white middle-class guy dressing up as a woman to get work is a strange premise in itself or <laughs> that it happened twice yeah. <laughs> uh, with Tootsie and Mrs. Doubtfire. I know. Well, obviously it's almost the same thing, but in this case, the love is for uh, with Robin Williams' character is Danny and him and wanting to be closer to his kids, which... I get it. You know, that's your family and to be separated from them is hard. And what better way to get close to your kids, baby, pretending to be a nanny. Yeah. Commit a felony. That'll work. service, dear. I'd like to point out that even though I make fun of Mrs. Doubtfire and all the illegal stuff that he does, um, I still like the movie. Of course. I like the movie. Or the best movies are the ones that you can be like, that wouldn't exactly work, but you like it anyway. That just shows how good they are. 
yeah that's that's a strange mix of talent and just going for that one was a that the, that had like 40 minutes of deleted scenes too like holy crap and you know it would have brought the movie down it's like robin williams um improvised improvised a lot and um the aladdin could Mm. not be uh nominated for best adapted screenplay because in the screenplay it said okay this happened this happened this happened you say this you say this robin williams you just do whatever and then uh robin williams just improvised all of his dialogue and that took up like 40 percent of the script and they're like, I believe. didn't write a script. <laughs> he rewrote it. <laughs> exactly. So because of that, he was so good at improvising, they lost an award. I love Robin Williams. But it's a memorable animated classic, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, they can, they, they're like, oh, we lost this award. Well, I'm going to cry in the millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. that we made. Yeah, I think they're doing well. Well, they're remaking it, but... Uh, oh, that looks uh, awful. <laughs> yeah, he's a hard act to follow, kids. Sorry. Have you um, have you liked any of the uh, live-action Disney remakes? The Jungle Book was really good. Oh. I'd argue that it was better than, than its... I'd argue it's better than its source material. The Jungle Book I, is I tried great. watching... I tried watching the original when I was older and I fell asleep. <laughs> but then but then I watched the, the remake like that was that was awesome. They did so much more. The Jungle Book is a great one to remake too because it's like it's it's known but it's not beloved. Mm. And also you can do a lot with the animation. Uh but everything else that they've done hasn't worked mm. at all. Um, and that one worked because it wasn't beloved and now they're doing Aladdin, which I think is fine with, uh, Robin Williams being great. And everyone's like, Robin Williams is great. That's why it's, uh, one of the best movies. And I'm like, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and now they're doing that and Lion King. And I'm like, those two movies, mm don't need Mm. to be remade. And the only reason you're doing it is to make money. Yeah. I don't like that Disney shut down one of the most interesting studios working today with Fox 2000. Mm. And they're just like, they just gathered up all the IP so that they can make franchises. Boom. Oh, well. I'm not bitter. Anyway. No, me neither. Uh, Let me see. Makes for an interesting theme park action, but anyway. <laughs> I don't think we'd ever see a Clerks theme park. <laughs> um, that would a be J- great because all of the people... I'd want to work in that theme park. I'd want to yeah. work there because you can call the guest assholes. <laughs> Cocksmokers and all that. <laughs> That's the one fact- of my favorite, favorite words. That's a great word. That's a great word for a blowjob ever. <laughs> a view ask you universe theme park. Yeah. We, we give you churros and dick jokes at the same time. Welcome <laughs> to, uh, you can just have the guy that does the ad be like Dante and be like, ah, mm. 
Come to our theme park. We have DVDs. <laughs> I guess. I don't I don't know. What do we have? And then he's just fed a line. Mm-hmm. All right. We have that. So come here. Oh, don't, oh who cares? I wasn't even yeah. sad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rand will be like, bitch, bitch, bitch. Just come here. Put it where it doesn't belong. My pipes need cleaning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That when he rails, when he, when he, those titles of the movies that he reads off are just hilarious. Okay. Speed round. Big okay. Titles. Uh, whispers in the wind. Put it where it doesn't belong. My pipes need cleaning. Come gargling naked chefs. Huge black cocks with really white cum. Men alone too. The KY connection. Come gargling naked sluts. Come buns three. Come on Eileen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. that was, Holy shit. Oh yeah. That was I think maybe 90% of them. I I, I don't know. That was <laughs> and happy scrappy hero pup is the one the little girl wants. <laughs> I love that pup. They actually shot they actually shot Randall's close-up separate. They didn't want to say those lines in front of the little girl. That's why you see a close-up of yeah, the reading the <laughs> I wouldn't want my kid being around that like, okay. But it worked. Well, yeah, but like you get the reaction shot and then they're like, great, now go over there. (laughs) So that we (laughs) say these horrible things. Man, what what, I missed that stupid pun. (laughs) Holy shit. Gotta see it, gotta see gotta see it a few more times, like I have. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I definitely will. I, I I want to see more rats and all of other all of Kevin Smith's other movies. Yeah, totally, man. You got you're missing out. Um, I definitely want to see now. Now, rats is actually the prequel to Clerks in the timeline. Because of course, the timeline. Yes, they mentioned the track because the girl. They mentioned the girl died in the swimming pool the day before, and in rats they mentioned that the girl died in the swimming pool that day. Like, oh, I didn't realize that. So it's a pretty cool, but it's the previous day. Yes, but that's the second movie. Yeah. That's one way, there's one reason why you can't really get all those movies as a pack. Because I think Miramax distributed the others, but Universal put out Mallrats. That's why ah, they don't ever have, have them as a Yeah. It's like Evil Dead. So you have mm. Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. But instead of calling it Evil Dead 3, they called it Army of Darkness because they went to another studio in order to produce their, uh, to produce Army of Darkness. And it's like, but it's clearly the third movie. Yeah. So it's a weird rights issue. That's because he has his boomstick. (laughs) I I love Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead 2 because it looks, I tweeted this and Bruce Campbell liked the tweet because he was doing, he was doing like a marathon for Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he liked my tweet and I said, Evil Dead 2 is like what Evil Dead was, but told by Ash to a girl at a bar. <laughs> I like that. That does make sense. <laughs> yeah. So Evil Dead happened and then Evil Dead 2, Ash is like, listen, babe. I came in there, chainsaw cut off my hand. I did all of this crap. It was all about me. I am the best. 
Groovy. Groovy. Of course. And I remember, think I, uh... Okay. Yes. <laughs> and remember, because we have to go pretty soon. Yes, yes. Uh, but remember, shop smart, shop S smart. <laughs> <laughs> I love clerks. I'm really glad. This is the, um, Dante is the second best character that works in a convenience store. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, it's a classic. It's one of those rare movies on IMDb that I write as a 10. I mean, there's, there's like almost nothing wrong with it. It's just so beautifully written. You can use beautifully written with the movie with a lot of fart and dick jokes, but... The most really, beautiful a, fart and dick jokes. Yes. So told in a way that you've never heard them before. And such wild and crazy characters and a, a simple story, but with little complex extra things going on in the people's lives that add a little more to it. I mean, it's, it's perfect for... The twenty-somethings. I mean, it's hard to believe it's twenty-five years old this year, but it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to kid. get that with movies mm. that I've that I've seen. It's like this came out, and this came out, and you were not born. Now you're like nine. Yeah, I'm starting to get there as well. So, yeah, it, this was fun. I really like it. Um, oh, it turned out great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Open the convenience store, you cock smoking clerk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was great talking to you. Yes. Thanks for having me on. It was my first time being guest on a podcast. Ah, how fun. Yes. This is my favorite premise because I get to watch interesting movies and talk to interesting people. Yeah. It's... I always love movies as far back as I can remember. And they're a big part of our lives, I'm sure. You know. Oh, I know. So, quick as you like, tell the good people mm -hmm. that can find you. Well, you can look for me. I have my own podcast. As I said, it's called The Artist Matters. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. My home base is Spreaker.com. And it's just interviewing artists about from all walks of life learning about their stories from actors to painters to singers and poets and dancers. So I just launched last month in March. So check it out and spread the word. We're here to support our local artists. Anybody knows artists that might be a good guest, bring them on. It's good stuff. You can find me there. I am on Instagram under instantalex70. <laughs> I just went with that instant for Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's being really brilliant. <laughs> I call this the Aussie Nerds podcast because I'm from Australia and I'm a nerd. So I'm great with names too. That's a good one. I like that. Damn. <laughs> I'm also under the real Alex Rudy under Twitter. Not, not one of those fake <laughs> ones, the real one. No, I'm the real one. <laughs> Someone else, somebody else has alexrudy.com taken. So, all right, I'll let him have it. No, but you'll so declare right. yourself as the real one. The real expert, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I have a Facebook page for the Artist Matters too. So if you want to check that out, all links, up. all links will be in the description down below. You can follow me, subscribe to this podcast, the Aussie Nerds podcast. Uh, follow me at Aussie Nerd Pod. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page, which is called Aussie Nerd. All links in the description. Sweet. I. Uh, 
it's been fun.